All right. Um, I guess we'll just uh, hop on into it. You ready? Yeah, man. All right. Um, you might want to lean forward. Oh, actually, I'll just pull the microphone forward a little bit. Here we go. Yeah. I'm going to move further away, actually. <laughs> you create as much distance as possible. Just record from... the whole episode like us this close. So. <laughs> That's how we have a natural conversation. I think this is an ASR car video. Isn't that right? Yeah, at this point, yeah. Uh, Anywho. (laughs) Not fucking around. All right. Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. I am your host, Paul. And I'm joined by, of course, longtime friend of the show, Nick. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Nick? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. How's how's your week been? Uh, it's been very busy. Uh, it's been pretty productive, though, so I feel good about that. That's good. The last time you and I spoke, um, you had just avoided narrow disaster at a <laughs> at a music festival that went the way of the fire festival. Sure. Man, mm-hmm. you know, part of me, if I was younger, I, I would have been there. <laughs> <laughs> it, even if you knew it was chaos. Yeah. Been like, you know what, it's worth Yeah, it. for sure, yeah, because I would have still jumped to the fire. You here. know what, I do know that because... When we were roommates, you definitely were wild man enough to be like, you know what, I did for that, the music. I did that plenty of times. Be, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll yeah, go to sure. I'll go to plenty of unsafe places if I think there's going to be like some very filthy music going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Nick is here uh, to talk about two films uh, today. We're talking about Frida, and we're talking about Under the Same Moon. And we're talking about these films because yesterday marked the beginning of Hispanic Heritage Month. And actually today is uh, Mexican uh, Independence Day, burp, burp. also known as The Cry of Dolores. It's perfect because mm-hmm. both of these films take place in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like we planned it. It's um, nuts. <laughs> so... Uh, but they're both pretty exciting, and uh, and I definitely wanted Nick to to come and and talk with us about this because, you know, me and me and another white person sitting here talking about Hispanic heritage and and these two films might seem a little disingenuous. Instead, we're gonna do a half white person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's gonna be a good episode, and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, they're they're both really good films. We're gonna talk about both of them. We're gonna talk about the trailer for West Side Story that just dropped. We're gonna talk about the trailer for Nightmare Alley that just dropped. We're gonna talk about what we've been watching, um, and it's gonna be a good time. So yay! Uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it with our first film about artist Frida Kahlo with Frida. And we have a clip, so take a listen. <laughs> Behind the romance, we'll have to get married, you know. But you don't believe in marriage. Of course I do. I've had two wives already. To Diego and Frida. Diego and Frida! Behind the glamour. You paint her too, Mrs. Rivera. Just killing time. She's much better than me. You'll see. Behind the madness lies the mystery of one of the most seductive and most intriguing women of ours or any time. 
So that was Frida, which came out in 2002. It's directed by Julie Taymor, who most people, uh, or not most people, I guess, but some people might know from her Broadway fame as the director of uh, Lion King. If you know her, that's probably mm-hmm. what you know her from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it stars Selma Hayek as Frida, Alfred Molina as uh, her husband and artist Diego Rivera, uh, Jeffrey Rush, uh, Diego Luna, a very young Diego Luna, uh, Antonio Banderas, Ashley Judd, um, Roger Reese, um, and the plot is a biography of artist Frida Kahlo, who channeled the pain of a crippling injury and her tempestuous marriage into her work. You nailed tempestuous. I, I would have panicked reading that out loud. <laughs> and her... D- oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it, it, it helps that I, I read this like a day ago, I think. <laughs> he practiced. Yeah. It did a little prep. He studied for the test, folks. Um, so, Nick, why don't you uh, take this one away for us? What did you think? Okay, yeah. Uh, Frida is pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, good acting here is probably the best like Salma Hayek performance I've seen. One of the best. Uh, she was nominated for the Oscar for this, I think. I'm pretty sure. Uh, she, if not the Oscars, and I'm sure like a billion other <laughs> awards. Um. Yeah, nominee. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I think you know the the script definitely has you know the same like biopic notes and you know the structure is similar to that but um i think her her story is different enough and interesting enough um it's still a very smart movie it's a very very pretty movie very colorful um i love like the transition between scenes where they kind of like set up one of her paintings um it's one of those movies, and Under the Same Moon, this other movie we're going to talk about after, is the same. It was very refreshing to see, like, two, like, smart, like, well-thought-out movies. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just from watching too much stuff. Just so much stuff. Uh, Feels th- barely put together. Yeah, or, or, you know, it just doesn't... It's not operating on all levels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's... Like, for both of these films, like, every part of them is working in conjunction with the other and it's telling you something about like the character or the characters and the, whatever moment they are at in the story currently um like that goes through like visually like dialogue and uh i, I don't know it's you know it's all the little things that, that come together no for sure um were you at all familiar with, like, Frida Kahlo in any kind of capacity before this? No, I mean, beyond, I'm... like, the obvious knowing... No, no, yeah, no, I, I'm not... I'm not big into, like, art period. It's not, like, a Frida Kahlo thing specifically. I'm not huge into, like, the world of visual art. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, I know who she is from like pop culture mm-hmm. obviously um but you know I, I read a little bit before watching the movie which equals like a wikipedia page and some you know like profile of her mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then i read like the about the production of the film 
Okay. And everything. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to circle back around to the production of the film. Um, I like the movie a lot. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that for the most part, if you really boil down just the narrative, like if I edited out all of the fancy bits mm-hmm. of the movie, it's a very straightforward biopic. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, doesn't... Not to, I, hopefully I don't throw off your train of thought here. Yeah, that's... Yeah, if you... If like, on paper, it's it's a pretty simple yeah uh to to me but there's so much going on with how it's presented and, mm-hmm. you know um what i think is really intelligent about the movie is that she does decide you know that this movie is about a visual artist so it should you know be a, an equally visual experience and also <laughs> yeah, julie yeah. tamer is of course a very visual artist yeah, as well i mean you'd hope it looked like that <laughs> yeah um but she really does a great job and honestly um the things, the two things that elevate this movie from just being another biopic are 100% the performances mm-hmm. and the presentation of the narrative itself. Yeah. Um, Selma Hayek does do a great job. I agree with you. This is one of my favorite Selma Hayek performances. Um, I think that she's great in some things and then just completely lost in, in other things every once in a while. I, I think they just, I think she gets cast in really shitty roles yeah. a lot. Um, e- even if, even if like the movie or show or whatever it is, isn't like shitty in itself. Yeah. I feel like she gets stuck. Um, a lot has to do with the double whammy of like, uh, racism and sexism obviously then yeah because she is both uh, and, and then oh. and then being a sex icon like on top of that being, yeah you know um which sucks because she's obviously like extremely talented yeah <laughs> uh and and like the the early 2000s i feel like is definitely more you know, when I when I think about like my memory of Selma Hayek, I feel like the early two thousands is probably definitely more when I remember seeing more Selma Hayek than as opposed to you know. I mean, she's definitely yeah, come yeah, around yeah. again a little bit. Yeah, but... and now she's all in like a bunch of like comedies and uh, stuff like that. Like she was in friggin' Hitman's Bodyguard, which and Hitman's <laughs> Bodyguard's wife, <laughs> which I despise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i hate that movie i hate i'm very comfortable saying i really hate that movie um but no so she does great uh alfred molina does tremendous but i mean oh man alfred molina he's one of my favorites <laughs> what a tremendous talent he's um, so good you know we recently watched my wife and i recently watched spider-man 2.1 and <laughs> alfred molina's so good in that movie like That's he so really bad. just have... does great that, um, it's one of the best movies ever made right there <laughs> spider-man 2.1 specifically uh spider-man but... 2 like for sure you know it's somewhere in there spider-man 2.1 though that's you, where it's at if you haven't seen that thing oh baby yeah <laughs> if you don't know now you know now you know man now you're in the club <laughs> welcome get, um, get smart get with it no i really enjoyed it i enjoyed a lot of the chemistry that was uh, the the cast just in general i think had commen- tremendous chemistry across yeah the entire picture um if i really had any complaint it's, about... it's not afraid to get sexy no it's not <laughs> it is it's a very but um you know i think that it's it's very obvious that she was very comfortable with the human form you know obviously mm-hmm. in her in her art 
Um, and and I think that it it was an interesting way to to sort of take the movie to just sort of have the human form regularly on display because it is such a a regular topic of visual art you know mm-hmm. the human form and the human form entwined with another human yeah um so no I, I i i really enjoyed those elements of of the film um my only my only i guess hard critique of the movie for me is that uh, actually i guess it's twofold one i did feel like i really needed a little bit more before i watched it context of who she was sure i watched it and then while i was I hit a, a point while I was watching it where we hit pause for a little bit. <laughs> were, you, were you like deep into like the communist meetings and you were like, what? <laughs> no, and I was like, okay, I, I understand, you know, communism and, and how it was, you know, taking different fold at different places at this time. But I have no idea how it fits into Mexican history in any sort of oh, specific sure, way sure. and that kind of thing and how Frida Kahlo, especially at that particular time fit into so, that. So it wasn't clear to you like what, not, not maybe not what like the time period was, but just like, like what it meant. Like, well, yeah, like yeah, what, I, what, I, I what exactly is currently happening? Like in the larger context. Of yeah. The and I really felt like on a certain level, I needed to go in with a better understanding of, of her life at large and, and, and what some of the history yeah. was that her life intertwined with yeah, yeah. to really deeply appreciate yeah. all you of know, what well, was that's going interesting also. I, I was talking to, to my wife, um, my beautiful, beautiful wife, <laughs> um, uh, about this movie earlier. Um, and I talked about how, like, I, I appreciated, obviously, like, how intertwined her life was, was with politics, <laughs> um, both through herself and her husband um but i i had a hard time finding the like how how the two intertwined like you were saying like her Mm -hmm. her personal life and her personal journey yeah and and the greater like uh you know political artistic you know absolutely yeah crusade career Mm um for sure um but yeah, definitely. A, uh, what what I like is how the film carries through. Like everything's pushing towards this thing that like her whole life was pain. Yeah. Both in the physical sense and the emotional sense. Yeah. Um. And uh, it, it like you said, it's what helps it become very uh, literal. Um. Or I think my wife said this actually. Like how her her art isn't exactly up for interpretation like it's not it's not exactly subtle or like you know no, yeah it's it's pretty um and the movie does a great job of this also showing like that specific moment in her life and like how it translated into this particular uh art that she did this particular work of art and you're just like oh like of course <laughs> yeah well and if i'm not mistaken some people labeled her as a surrealist but if i'm and i, I could be mistaken i read somewhere uh that she considered herself a magical realist mm. more than a surrealist. And I think that that's pretty fair. Yeah. You know, it's very grounded. You know, it's not misshapen. Mm. It's very clear what she's depicting. Um, uh, and yeah, it, it, it really, I think it, it works well. Um, my only other complaint is that they i think i beyond the the lack of the context that i and maybe maybe it's not i guess a fault of the film maybe it's maybe more a fault of myself and and history 
education at large. Um, but my only other fault is um, I felt like they carved through time like butter to a point where for me it was sometimes a little bit hard to tell how much time had passed sure. in between certain events. Yeah, yeah. Where it, suddenly... It, it's not one that, like, tells you, you know, through, like, five years later or whatever. No, you know? you, it's, it's, very, it's very subtle through very specific makeup and costume and and period choices yeah that you have to really be paying attention to be like okay time has definitely passed right right you know? <laughs> they're not quite dressing her the way that they did you know just a yeah, bit ago yeah the, the costumes start to change for alfred molino they start making him older mm-hmm. um yeah they gray his hair and everything um, but that's probably really he said he gained like 30 pounds like he looks like he looks huge and i'm not talking about like he looks like 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 fat he he looks uh he looks like very tall he, no, he, he, he just looks so I th- big it's because of the high-waisted <laughs> pants if i'm not mistaken and i think that that's why uh, people used secret. to try and wear the high-waisted <laughs> pants was to try and make it accentuate the leg line because visually now your your hips aren't here your hips are here right <laughs> you know and so it made you seem taller because if you go back and look at even like how you look like more how more movie mouse, stars dress the heck it is um guy. in like the 40s and stuff like that yeah you know even howard hughes and and stuff all the pants were way up higher and it was to try and like accentuate <laughs> you're blowing my mind right now <laughs> That's a little bit of men's that that wouldn't work on me. I'm, I'm too short for that. I need I need some height to start with. I I have none. <laughs> You're not that short, Nick. You're... I mean, I, I guess not. I compare. I don't know. Like, compared to what? <laughs> I don't know. How tall is Alfred Molina? I'm sure he's pretty tall. Oh, there we go. Well, thank you. Whoa! Wow, big man. The the and thing we keep under the stairs is speaking. That's why there's such a big height difference between them. It's because there's a foot between them. She's five foot two. Oh wow! Yeah, it, here's, it's here's like, Lauren it's, coming in with the live research. It, 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 it's <laughs> it's their first like up close meeting, and it's how they shoot it. Also, mm-hmm. is when he comes down, like she calls to him, and he's working on the mural. And he comes down, and the way it's shot is like he looks so. Well, tall. and I feel like maybe maybe it was a note from someone but i also feel like he's very much constantly running around oh, yeah. with a very oh, he's got the chest yeah out, he always man. has the chest very that's, that's, out the that's very Doc arched Ock back entirely. Yeah. and <laughs> so on the chest <laughs> and so it makes him seem i think a lot bigger every time it. if you guys haven't too. seen um i'm sure you have but you need to remember the Law and Order SVU episode with with, with Alfred Molina, so good, so good, highly mm. recommend it. Um, all right, but no, I, I I think that's kind of my my overall thoughts. Uh, how do you how do you feel about Julie Taymor? I guess as a as a director overall, have great. you seen I, other? I, I wish she did more stuff. What what else did she? She did Across the Universe. She did. She did across uh, the universe. She was she... actually the original director of Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark, <laughs> the Broadway Spider-Man musical. That's amazing. Uh, she she was, was. She was the first one to abandon ship. Then. Um. She was apparently, um, removed, and it ended up in litigation <laughs> that went to mediation. A love. A what? <laughs> removed for what? She was removed from directing. Yeah, but like, what'd she do? Um. I think it was. 
that the producers had just sort of lost faith at that point. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the exact ins and outs. I but... don't know who they, they, like, they murdered someone to get that show made or something. I don't <laughs> understand. Because, like, legit curse. Yeah. Legitimately cursed. Um, okay. Foolish so... to keep continuing. She did Titus back in 1999 with Anthony Hopkins. I got no clue. Uh, she did Across the Universe. She did The Tempest. Uh-huh. With, um, if I'm not mistaken, this is, yes, this is the version of The Tempest where they take um, Prospero and make him Prospera, and they cast okay. Helen Mirren. What on earth is this cast? Um, <laughs> Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren, Felicity, Felicity Jones, Jaimon <laughs> Hansu, Russell Brand, Reeve Carney, uh, David Strathairn, Alan Cumming, Chris Cooper, Alfred Molina, Ben Wishaw. Um so yeah uh and then she recently did i guess a version or not recently it was 2014 um midsummer night's dream and then she in 2020 did the glorias which was a movie about Gloria steinem uh with julianne moore alicia vikander janelle Monet. um so many movies man. and Gloria steinem i guess also portraying herself <laughs> um so yeah that's uh that's julie taymore our old I, I i won't name who it was yeah, but yeah. one of our old theater teachers in high school claims to have known julie taymore <laughs> um but one of our old high school theater teachers claims to have known julie taymore um and 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 says that she's not a fan <laughs> okay like like as a person yeah it's uh, described as hard to work with oh mm-hmm. okay vague <laughs> could literally mean anything uh high on the horse I'm you know a little fond of herself it, I, sure i would be too if i made <laughs> the fucking lion king yeah and it had one two tonys for it yeah that's fair no, that's a fair point because because she can still you know she can still ride that that's still going on no that's, that's fair. not a thing that happened and ended you can still go see it <laughs> still happening um, people so, party. do you have any final thoughts on uh, Frida? Yeah, uh, good movie. Uh, if you look up behind the scenes, uh, yeah, pr- bring up the production. Salma Hayek's uh, life was so <laughs> terrible at the time because Harvey uh, Weinstein produced this film. Oh no! And he did you not read this? No. no oh, no. I think it's on the IMDb or maybe okay. on Wikipedia or something. Uh, where like he was threatening to shut down the film over and over, you know, unless. Uh, she did sexual favors and or did like a full uh, like uh, did a full uh, woman on woman sex scene like for the movie. And that's why that's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. Because there's the there's the encounter with the um, the singer. Yeah. In Paris. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was meant to be like more graphic than it is. Or maybe that it's it. Or maybe that's it. I have no clue. But, yeah, this was a part of, like, the... The Harvey Weinstein scandal. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. She, she wrote, like... Salma Hayek wrote up, like, this whole thing when it first... Like, in 2019 or whenever. Um, and the story of, like, the making of Frida was a part of that and everything. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, so there's the dark <laughs> thing behind that. Um, also, Madonna wanted to uh, make this movie and play uh, Fr- Frida, Frida. Uh, for a while. 
um, which would have been kind of funny, <laughs> <laughs> but also kind of not. <laughs> um, wow. All right. That's all I got, folks. And again, you can just look that up on like Wikipedia or IMDb. This isn't some crazy. <laughs> I didn't dig too deep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what what's your star rating for the film? Oh, I don't know. Uh, out of five. Three and a half. Okay. Three and a half, four. Yeah, I was thinking four. Um, for me, some of the some of the visual technique that was on display for me was was enough to to bump it up. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm. I, I like I like Julie Taymor as a director for sure. I really liked what was going on there. Um. No, I think that that's all fair. I didn't I didn't know that about the film. Um, that's quite horrific. Um, <laughs> Pretty bad. Uh, I guess if, if I had any, you know, final I, I, thoughts. I did, you know, I didn't say that, like, with grace, and I apologize. That's how, that's just how I get through things. I, I don't, I don't like saying things like a news anchor, you know? <laughs> no, I, I get that. Um, sterility is not your thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say this, uh, I, I really enjoyed watching the movie because it was also... I'll say this about the movie. It was engaging enough and it hit me enough that I definitely wanted to know more about her and I wanted to know more about the context of her life. And it got me going down a path of of reading more and learning more. And so Yeah, for sure. Even if I give the film kind of a nick on feeling like I needed a context when I watched it, it did also give me interest enough and drive enough to want to go and learn more she's a fascinating woman with a very fascinating visual style there's a good uh video from nerd writer um that's all about her her art style that's that's worth a watch it's oh, i think yeah. like seven or eight minutes so it's not you know too taxing of yeah. a watch uh, i learned that she like remained pretty unknown until like the 70s or something mm-hmm. when she was rediscovered yeah uh, this was after this was like a couple decades after she died um yeah one of those things a lot of artists have this kind of you know they achieve some of them achieve some success when they're alive but a majority of artists are really primarily posthumously celebrity yeah you know it, it's usually after the fact when there's now no more coming out you know and there's yeah. there's a limited supply sort of being passed around that it becomes in vogue in vogue uh i'd give it a four uh moving on i suppose uh we have our next film called under the same moon la misma luna that's right and it came out in 2007 good year and as always it was a good year that's the year of no country for old men there will be blood michael clayton a great cinematic year also our freshman year of high school i believe good music year good, oh yeah good, good year yeah um so as always we have a clip so take a listen my mom says when i miss her i should look at the moon because she'll be looking at it too. She's been working in America for four years, so she can bring me there soon. 
But when my grandma died, I couldn't wait anymore. So, Under the Same Moon, uh, as I said, came out in 2007. Uh, it is directed by Patricia Riggin. And it stars Eugenio Derbez, Kate Del Castillo, Adrian Alonzo, Maya Zapata, Carmen Salinas, uh, America Ferreira, uh, and Ernesto D'Alessio. And the premise, the plot, is a young Mexican boy illegally travels to the U.S. to find his mother, who is illegally in the U.S., <laughs> after his grandmother passes away. I laugh because it's, they just put who is illegally in the U.S. in parentheses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what on earth? Who wrote that? <laughs> uh, come on. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to sell this movie here, folks. <laughs> illegally um. travels to the U.S. to find his mother, who is illegally in the U.S., you know, they could have just said, you know, that the boy crosses the border, you know, or, to find or, or travels. A young Mexican boy, if you want to keep illegally, okay, illegally travels to the U.S. to find his mother after his grandmother passes away. Yeah. I I hadn't seen this one. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and start on this one. I hadn't seen this one. I remember actually seeing the trailer for it. I feel like I was shown the trailer for this actually in community college spanish <laughs> and i i really can't say why i, I never I heard feel of this that movie. way never at all no never okay heard of um so before i landed on the films for this week i actually went and i did a little search and i searched hispanic filmmakers because i was like oh you know maybe i'll pick one and and do like a, a sort of dive on them or, or something like that and and when i first did like a, a search for hispanic filmmakers the list was i'll generously call it broad <laughs> um it included um jennifer lopez it included sure. eva longoria okay and like while that's all valid you know i was looking you know a little bit more for you know like a like a quentin tarantino you know or you know but 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 from from some sort of you know hispanic heritage where we could maybe do a dive and then it was obviously you know guillermo del toro and yeah, robert rodriguez uh, yeah and so then it was like all of the obvious choices so then i was like okay let me go and see if i can't find like a list that someone has put together of like some films sure <laughs> that that they suggest watching for hispanic heritage and under the same moon is like on all of them yeah, thank you um, for your answering you know because this was going to be what i was going to ask was like how did you decide on these two films but yeah besides them uh you know just uh, being mexican um, so, uh, it kind of came about from two reasons. I decided on Frida because my sister is a huge fan of the movie Frida. Mm. And I'd seen, like, bits of it, but it had never been one, even though she watches it a lot. Yeah. It was one that I had never actually, like, sat down and watched with my sister. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, I think that I should just go ahead and, and watch Frida, and, and I'm a little bit iffy on Julie Taymor, and maybe this will, like, sway me in some kind of way on Julie Taymor um 
And I chose Under the Same Moon because I thought that it was... It, it From everything that I read, it had a lot of positive feedback. And I also thought that it would be a topical and relevant story because it is still very much a topical and relevant issue, yeah. you know, going on. Um, I love this movie. Yeah. I had a... <laughs> hell yeah. Um, and, and I thought you know really good. let's i was like we're doing something about like you know this artist let's go and try and do something that's like a slice of life you know a little bit more of a grounded yeah. kind of narrative yeah um that's also more modern you know i went more heritage way back a little bit mm -hmm. you know about a hundred years plus some time yeah um and i was like let's do something a little bit more modern and the truth is like my the other reason that i chose them is that the options were a little bit spotty you know it was yeah, like well, coco you know uh right. was a list that i uh one that i saw on a lot of you have lists. like like the three like animated movies you know <laughs> yeah because i saw um what is it book of book of life the book of life coco uh one one just came out it's like lin-manuel miranda uh vivo vivo yeah <laughs> and so it it was a little bit sort of spotty um, yeah, yeah. and and so i wanted to try and pick two that were also still a little bit more off the beaten path um but also were still you know of interest to me that i thought would would also be good good picks in general for and it actually just coincided that that we recorded them on this is actually a little bit of happy accident that we are recording them on Mexican Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, just yeah, a little bit sure. of happy accident. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of why I picked them. But I had a great time with this movie. I absolutely adored it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What an incredible child performance. So good. Um, great performance <laughs> from all the cast. All around, yeah, man. Um, and, and I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. How did you feel? Did he... I... I really like this movie because it takes a pretty like worn out premise by this point right mm -hmm. you know oh it's a it's hispanic it's a latino movie whatever you know it's about crossing the border again you know like and how dangerous it is um and all this and all that <laughs> um but this takes like a, that really familiar premise and it's it's smart i like i don't know it just it, it's smart it sometimes subverts what you think is going to happen in scenes like some scenes still feel tense mm -hmm. um yeah i mean this is i the, this is I mean, exactly what the, the silly premise says it, it's a kid who is all alone and he attempts to get to los angeles uh to find his mother and his mother moved there uh, four years ago at this point and has been working and trying to send him money um and he doesn't he doesn't have like a phone number and or an address or anything <laughs> um but it, it's kind of it, it, it's weirdly like you could watch this with the family yeah it's um, pg-13 it, yeah like it, it's it's still properly like tense when it needs to be but not overly so not oh yeah this is like it, it's uplifting and not in a cheesy way it, it, it's so it ends it, so well it, 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 it it's so weird how this could easily go one way or another it could either be like 
really cheesy and just really stupid mm-hmm. and like over dramatic and manipulative just by like sheer premise alone right um or it could be like way too much uh, i went in expecting this movie to like ruin my life <laughs> i was like i read the synopsis and i was like oh great i was like <laughs> <laughs> like what a bummer <laughs> um gosh no but um i don't know i feel like i'm not doing a good job no, you're fine, describing you're this movie um it it, it just it, it really exceeded all of my expectations i guess is what i want to say i'll i'll tell you why i think the ending lands because it has the whole this is what i was talking about like the whole movie every like visual decision that's made Every like line of dialogue that's made oh, yeah. is is pushing the whole. It's pushing the character's journey. It's pushing the larger, uh, like politic political like context. <laughs> but I I think that the reason that the ending works especially well is is a fewfold minor minor spoilers. I mean I guess you know kind of majorish spoilers, but you know <laughs> spoilers ahead. That's all I'll say. So, I think it works because, in the end, um, you know, in our journey leading up to it, th- we don't see whether or not she gets off of the bus. And that's, I think, the first thing that really works well for the ending, is we don't know whether or not, for a fact, yeah, that it clicked and was convincing enough that seeing the kid on the payphone whether it clicked and was convincing enough for her to get off the bus. So when the kid gets there, we don't know whether the mom is there or if she is already actually on her way to... And this movie has done a good job at subverting your expectations enough that you're convinced that it might say to hell with you yeah yeah too the mom bad. is in fucking mexico too bad now. kid <laughs> and and so like the movie yeah, has convinced sure. you that it really might for do sure it. i was i was bad about it too because this movie was like you said it was like edgy your seat yeah kind of stuff and like I, when it got close to the end i was bad and kept checking how much time was left Mm-hmm. There was like five minutes left, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "This is gonna end horribly." <laughs> I, was, I was in a panic. I think the other thing that works for it is that when they finally are reunited in person, yeah, we don't actually see them. We don't see the, come the together. Physical embrace. <laughs> the only time that we actually get to see them together is when he fantasizes his mother when he's looking up at the same moon. Yeah. And that's the only time that we actually get to see them in the same frame together is when he's fantasizing about where his mother is and imagines, you know, her being there next to him. Yeah, man. And that's the only time that we get to see them together. And then when we see them the next time... We don't actually get to see them come together, but we know that this is going to be them together forever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and that's why it lands. So good. That's that's the long explanation for why the ending ends up not being hokey. Yeah, I... Because the hokey all... ending is them running and meeting in the middle of the crosswalk. Yeah. 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 And it also, even in that moment where he's like, I'm here, I'm at that place... 
and even when you see the woman standing there, I thought they were going to pull a, it's not her. Mm-hmm. And because her back is turned when you first see her there, uh, standing by the by the payphone. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And I was like, oh no. They're going to do it to me. They're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has set out to murder uh, me. Gosh, no. Just just so good. Um, so honest. Um, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it, it's not, like, overly brutal and, like, overly tragic. No. It's no. just straightforward. It's, yeah. And I think what's also really effective is that... It, it, it's, it's, it's tragic in the larger context that anybody's life has to be this way. And the movie's smart enough to really go ahead and say it like i can't i can't remember the character's name um but when he tells uh, uh carlitos um where he, he's like you think anybody like like they wants like this oh life, enrique think, yeah yeah when he, he's like you think anybody like wants to like do this when he's talking about like you know your past three days where you were picking tomatoes and you know just working to have a place to sleep that night you know mm-hmm. and stuff like that you know going from place to place yeah it's you know it, it's like yeah this is this is bullshit <laughs> yeah well and and i think what's what's smart about this version of the you know border crossing story is that by grounding it in the perspective of the child yeah any audience member who is unfamiliar with some of this stuff is discovering it with him <laughs> Right. You know, and that's always the brilliance of using the child as your perspective character is that you can take a child, put them into adult circumstances, and go, this is what people have to deal with. Oh, now, you know? now my brain works. And you can introduce them and walk them through the ins and outs of this things because the children doesn't understand, so now you have to explain it to the child. And yeah. then you get to explain it to the audience. Yeah. And so I think that this movie, you talk about how this movie really works, and, it, and it's because this movie is a very effectively thought-out film. From, from the perspective of the narrative to what he faces to how he handles what he faces... Yeah. to the choices that we see other characters make um you know i think that it's just an overall really effective uh film and i was i was really touched by it and i was also blown away by by the young boy's performance i thought that carlitos yeah. did absolutely tr- he he broke my heart <laughs> in so many so subtle good. ways all the time when he gets up and pays the bill while having his meal with his dad yeah, yeah, yeah. he um a- another moment where i was just so <laughs> upset was when he gets out of the comp like the when the car gets impounded and he leaves it and they show that he dropped his money oh God. all of his money i screamed <laughs> i said why would you do this ah oh. No, yeah, just great film. Yeah, man, it's good. All this is what I'm talking about. Just everything is everything's working there. Yeah, I, I really, if you haven't seen it, absolutely see this one. Like, I really recommend Here, it. Here's um the strength of this movie, and I want this will circle back to Frida. Also, I I think Frida would have been better had it been predominantly in Spanish. 
I, I didn't like that Frida was in English. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, Under the Same Moon is almost entirely in Spanish. Yeah. Um, it, it just would have, you know, it, it's better for performances also if, if this is, if when that's their... And it's that layer when, of reality, yeah. Primary language, yeah. And it's that layer of reality, exactly. So I wish Frida had been more in spanish no i i, I get that instead of spanish-speaking actors did um what i one thing that i noticed speaking of of languages maybe this showed up in your version as well there's a moment where uh the woman who gets people across the border illegally um in mexico yeah is talking with a group of guys and they start talking to each other in some sort of language that is obviously not Spanish. What did your subtitle say? Do you remember what they said? I don't remember. Mine said, and I thought that it was very interesting because I really latched on to it. <laughs> and I thought that it was interesting because it goes into like something that I've been researching a little bit lately. It said Indian dialect. Or something okay. to that effect. It was oh, like, oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. And I think that's you know like just like an indigenous dialect. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, it is, but it really caught me off guard. I was suddenly like, oh, I are remember. they talking about like like Quechua and like that I, sort of I, thing? I like you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. because it, it mm-hmm. takes place in Mexico. Yeah, and so suddenly I was like, oh, they're talking about some sort of indigenous dialect but they have no i guess whoever wrote the subtitles <laughs> no, had no context <laughs> whatsoever and also didn't think to just write like indigenous language or you know like other language yeah you know it's indian indian dialect and it really <laughs> caught me off guard and like i lit i i took a little like mental break yeah as the rest of the scene played out because i was like the rest of the scene doesn't matter i need to just suddenly hone in what are they talking about and like i just played like a little mental game why did the one guy call the other guy chop suey (laughs) do you remember that no i I completely missed out it's during the raid on the tomato place oh it's because there is one asian guy yeah yeah yeah. and like well why did you call him that (laughs) fucked up you know you know why (laughs) Nick, whenever you ask that question, you know why. I always know why, folks. <laughs> Life's horrible. Uh, um, but no, I, I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, it was quite interesting. I agree with you about Frida needing to probably, honestly, like be in Spanish. Yeah, um, yeah I was surprised when like it was in English, honestly. Yeah. But... Um, Overall, I would honestly give Under the Same Moon... Uh, Thanks, Harvey Weinstein. Fuck you. A four and a half out of five, honestly. How about you? Oh, yeah, man. I don't care. Perfect. Five out of five. You did it. Congratulations. Good movie. You know what? Sure. Why not? You swayed me. Five out of five. Good movie. No notes. Um, While we're at it, I guess... I guess this is a good time to... You know, we already touched on a little bit briefly... Hispanic representation in film is definitely, and and popular media and television and stuff like that is definitely a little bit more of a harder thing to to I think find 
a plethora, like an immediate well of content and information for. Yeah. I was doing, you know, to do a little bit of research, you know, for, for this, it definitely, you know, it was very quick when I was looking at what was available, you know, in some of the immediate searches, how limited a lot of the, the general perception was and the 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 sort of agreed upon like you know sort of mainstream yeah i mean that's really what it comes if you're talking about just like but like american filmmakers yeah of course yeah yeah. um then yeah it's all like the the big ones yeah of course (laughs) um i don't know there's a lot of great films that come out like every year um just like from from their from their own countries respective countries yeah yeah um that are killer and of course i can't tell you any off the top of my head <laughs> because my brain is terrible but no it's it's you know it's it's not like there's necessarily i guess um you know like a for an example like a hispanic jordan peel you know operating or some sort of you know um <sighs> I don't know. What the heck is a Hispanic Jordan Peele? No, you know what I mean, though, I guess. Uh, It doesn't feel, I guess, as though sometimes I feel like when I'm looking at the mainstream American experience of, like... You're talking about how there should be, like... It doesn't... Like, like one for each kind of, like... No, I guess not, but it doesn't feel like there's necessarily, I guess, still fair representation across the board. No, no, definitely not. I mean, certainly not in... And again, in the mainstream American experience, yeah. There's just (laughs) in general, yeah. Across the board, I guess, is more what I'm getting at. There's still generally a lack of of fair and even representation. For everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, yeah, I I know what you mean. It it can definitely feel limited. You You have to just seek it out, Yeah. unfortunately, for the time being. Yeah. And change is slow yeah but you can help by giving those movies money yeah (laughs) you can and i wanted to i guess also try and find something part of the reason that i i guess i did also pick this was because i did want to try and find something that i thought would be sort of generally accessible you know on a more immediate level yeah for sure yeah but neither of these are like some crazy no (laughs) like yeah like hard to watch hard to follow like no yeah mind-bending experience no but again that also goes back to you know the fact that um at least with the with the first one with frida it's not directed by you know a hispanic director it is Mm -hmm. still directed by a white woman yeah who studied mime at one point (laughs) (laughs) she she can't be trusted <laughs> Difficult to work with, indeed. <laughs> Fucking mine. <laughs> oh, you broke me. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that information? I don't know. Make of it what you will. Actually, she also studied, um, like Japanese puppetry. She studied the way of the. I don't even know what you call that. Um, and I, that's it. <laughs> that's just Kankaro uh, from Naruto. <laughs> it made, <laughs> he's got the makeup and he has got it the It made me think of, um, 
that scene in Frida where you see her doing the puppet oh. show at the foot of her bed. Yeah. I man, was like, oh, more man. Of that. She's... That was cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's Julie Taymor's puppet thing. Yeah. That was the she, first she thing that crossed my mind. She got her puppets in there yeah. somehow. Yeah. Which reminds me that we got to pivot to to, to Shang-Chi. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. We don't Go have for it. Do. Have you have you seen it? Yeah, I, I saw Shang-Chi. Well, I don't... This is like a huge spoiler. This is like a the mid-credits spoiler. Okay, okay. Never uh, mind then. <laughs> don't worry about it. I tell you what. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and we'll move on, you know, sort of from our main films into the, the next part of the discussion, which is uh, what we've been watching, but also trailers. So yeah. right before we recorded, we actually watched both the West Side Story trailer and the Nightmare Alley trailer. Uh, any thoughts on those? Uh, they both look pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, those are two directors who just don't make bad movies, guys, that I'm aware of. Steven Spielberg and uh, Guillermo Steven del Spielberg Toro. has, what is it, 1945? Or 1942, whatever it is. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> it's his, like, debacle of a World War II comedy with Jim Belushi. What? <laughs> I haven't seen all of Steven Spielberg's movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I take back what I said. I, I, guess, I can't be honest about it. It's just true, folks. <laughs> also, we saw Temple of Doom, and, and that one is definitely not good. Um, but no, I, I, I look forward to West Side. My wife and I were talking about it, and, um, you know, is is West Side... Yeah, I, I'm not, like... It's not one of those that I'm, like, a diehard for. I, I'm not... I'm, like, truly not really familiar with West Side Story at all. It's never been a part of my life. <laughs> Well, like, in, in any way, I know it's like a Romeo and Juliet type story. Like I, I, I think I get it, but I have never seen it like in any capacity, not on stage or. Did you not go to the the Northwest performance? No, I didn't. I wasn't there. I was at school. Okay. I I do not recall going to see West Side Story. Or we had broken up or something like that. Hmm. I worked West Side Story. Did not see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I worked the fly rail. Yeah. Um, no, I, I wasn't there. I've, I know that show a little bit. You know, it's it's a fine show, and it looks like Steven's doing a good job. He's he's pulling more off of the more recent Broadway um, revival of the show, okay. where it takes the sharks songs, uh, certain ones, and puts them into Spanish, okay. uh, or certain lyrics into Spanish. And, um, also in the trailer, you notice, you know, the, the main white kid of the gang, Tommy or whatever, um, you know who I'm talking about, the one that isn't Ansel Elgort, <laughs> yeah. openly discussing, you know, essentially like, I don't like it because people are moving in and, and I don't like the people that are moving here. And as far as I'm aware, like, the original West Side Story never got, like, that overt. I see. So with its, its racism it's gonna kind have of like a, stuff. It's gonna have something to say. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. We'll no, see. I mean, it, it does it, have it, Broadway's it, Shrek it, in it. It does by committee. A Shrek! It has Broadway's he's Shrek, yeah. He's he's playing one of the um, the, the cops of, uh, of the show. That's great. Shrek, yeah. They turn Shrek into a cop. Um, Shrek is not a cop. How dare you? <laughs> If I was that actor, I'd be like, by the integrity bestowed upon me by 
playing Shrek. I can <laughs> I cannot play a cop. Um, he was bad Brad in uh, Molly's game. What earth is bad Brad? Is it that hulking? No, bad Brad in Molly's game was the guy who um oh, was terrible. Game. What at, am I? I was gambling. thinking. I was thinking of Gerald's game. <laughs> no, different different game. No, movie. Molly's game. Jessica Chastain. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you now. Yeah, that's Broadway Shrek. <laughs> is bad Brad in Molly's game? Fantastic. Yeah. He's also briefly in a uh, John Oliver musical number. This is very specific. <laughs> why, why do you know so much about the man who played Shrek on Broadway? <laughs> Because I saw him in all of these things, or like in different things beforehand, and then I learned that he was Broadway Shrek, and I was like, that cemented where I've seen this man. Like, it it, it really, it solidified it. in my memory where exactly I had seen well, him before. Let's call it a career, folks. That's cool. Um, Nightmare Alley I'm looking forward to. I was talking with uh, Lauren about it as well. Um, yeah. Bradley Cooper's a, an actor that I like quite a bit, but I haven't had a Bradley Cooper movie that he was the star of that I've been really hyped for in a little while. Uh, not since like A Star Is Born. If you were excited about A Star Is Born, I was not. Um, I liked Star Is Born. I'm glad. <laughs> um, it was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, hell yeah. Why not? Um, have you seen Crazy Heart? Uh, nope. You, you might like that. I'm if you sure like if you like the, the Bradley Cooper Star is Born, I feel like you'll definitely dig. I feel like he kind of did like a Star is Born with like a little dash of Crazy Heart in there. And I think that if you ever watch Crazy Heart, you'll, you'll understand that. Bradley Cooper's so weird. It's a Jeff Bridges uh, film. That's the one I think that got him his Oscar. Yeah. Um... But I'm looking forward to Nightmare Alley. I love Guillermo. I love when Guillermo does horror. I love when Guillermo does anything. Yeah, man. Doesn't miss. No. <laughs> Not a drop. Doesn't miss, folks. Like, Sorry. He's he's always fascinating. He's doing something. Even if Crimson Peak is like his most sort of bland narrative, I guess, on a, on a certain level. Or most predictable narrative on a certain level. That's still a, a great film with incredible performances. And fantastic set and, and and costume production and overall uh, artistic work on display. Um, so he he never misses, not really. <laughs> nope. Pan's Labyrinth, incredible. Good Both news. Hellboy films, great. Pacific um, Rim. Yeah, great time, great time. Good movie. Way better than the second. <laughs> I'll, I'll fight you if you want to go to the mat on which Pacific Rim is better. <laughs> that is, Pacific Rim Uprising was upsetting. Boring. Upsetting experience. It's a boring movie. I was excited for it. Yeah. I wasn't worried about it. I said, how hard could it be? Turn, you had no idea. Turns out it's pretty hard. So <laughs> I should have known. Well, so it's, That's it, on me. It probably doesn't help that, you know... Most of these people don't have a clue how story works, so... Just so weird. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm excited for Nightmare Alley. It's got a great cast. Willem Dafoe is literally probably the best working actor today. He's the best. <laughs> um, 
it's got as always it's ron perlman is going to be appearing and it's never a bad time for ron perlman so i'm looking forward to it oh yeah uh as far as what we've been watching you said you saw shang chi so did you go to theaters and see it yeah yeah okay um how was it uh you know i liked it a lot and i talked about this before with you i uh well i I started out liking it a lot i loved it when it hit the bus sequence that's as good as it gets so good um and then i'm still with it I, i liked it about like halfway through um like the, the the more I, I liked it more when it was on like a street level kind of like kung fu movie um and the more fantastical it got uh the further it got away from me <laughs> i just i i liked it more when it was smaller and the big yeah just like the bigger like exactly what i said the bigger it got the more I was like, I wish it had been more contained. I like the more uh, smaller dramatic moments and the way it was impressive with its, its action choreography, like legitimately, for the most part. All right, so now I gotta ask, what what's the spoiler? Uh, oh, and what I was gonna say? Yeah. Oh God, that, well, now this is long winded. I know I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, the the ending, the the mid credit scene of Shang Chi. Sorry, everybody. It's um. Uh, Shang Chi is and uh, Katie, his friend Katie, are having dinner. And Wong opens up a portal in the middle of the restaurant. And he's like, "Come with me," and he's they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Come with me." <laughs> so they go with them. And he's like, it's, it's like almost like a trial, if we're being honest. He should seek out a lawyer immediately. <laughs> it's it's Wong and uh, who else is there? Uh, it's Captain Marvel. Um, and this is the long one thing I was going to say, because uh, 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 Dustin uh, Daniel Cretton. Cretton? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, is I'm, not, I'm sorry to laugh at your name. It makes me think of the scene in Monsters Inc. No, where Randall exactly. calls Mike Wazowski a, a cretin, and then he corrects him. It's uh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I was uh, all of his movies, like pretty much all of his movies, have Brie Larson in them, and he's like, he had to get her in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> And oh God, it was it was something else that we were talking about. We're like they had to get something in there for whatever movie we were talking about. Oh my God, can't remember. You don't remember. Whatever. I was more just honestly interested in what the spoiler. Sure. Was okay. Well, it's Captain Marvel. It's Wong, Captain Marvel, and it's Bruce Banner, which is interesting enough in itself because it's Bruce Banner. It's not uh like the Professor Hulk like Endgame mm-hmm. Hulk. It's Bruce Banner um, and his one of his arms appears to be broken. It's in a sling. Um, so it's like, what is that? And they're uh, studying uh, the rings that Shang-Chi has. Um, and they're like, hmm, I don't know what, what this is. <laughs> I don't know where this is from. And they're like, where'd you get these? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, they're like a thousand years old. My dad had them. And they're like, well, 
Okay. <laughs> like, we're going to keep an eye on you. Huh. And they give it back. And, you know, they're, um, then Bruce is like, welcome to the circus. And it's like, uh-oh. Oh, obvious Avengers they're, test. They're joining, yeah. they're joining the craziness. We're, we're going to do Avengers, I guess, Let's five go! now. Yeah. All right. You're going to get me in copyright trouble. <laughs> I am. The mouse is on it immediately. Um, he, he heard it through the phone. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else you've been seeing? Yeah, man. I saw Malignant. Oh, how was it? The new James Wan, and it's awesome. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. Um, so good. It's better if you just don't know anything about it. Okay. Um, it starts off like regular James Wan. It's like kind of like a haunted house movie, you know, things go bump in the night. And then it turns into like a slasher movie. Um, and then it turns into something else um, entirely. And it's just completely wild. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. Anything else? What else have I seen? Uh... Uh, I saw a horror anthology movie called Bad Candy. Okay. Um, and this uh, this stars the singer from Slipknot, <laughs> Corey Taylor. Um, and he's a it's him and uh, the main character from Gremlins. Um. And they play radio DJs in this town, and it's Halloween. And, you know, they just, like, tell spooky stories, and they go into, like, each little segment. Um, and uh, it's all right. They, they have some there's some pretty, like, inventive kind of scares in there. There's one scene, like, in a bathroom um, that's, like, really intense. That's, like, legitimately, like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's, like, they, they have a couple legitimate scares in there. Um, some cool imagery. Um, sometimes it's just weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, not a, not I mean, like not not terrible. Okay. Some some interesting stuff. Okay. Some pretty bold effects for like a low budget, like a low budget thing. So. Nice. Um. I haven't been watching too many movies. Um, I recently finished up Legend of Korra in full. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, imperfect, but very enjoyable. Um, I recently also watched Spider-Man 3. Lucky. And then after <laughs> that, I watched The Amazing Spider-Man. Less lucky. Um, <laughs> and then beyond that, I've... Um, Dude, can I say, like, I hate every person that interviews these folks and just annoys them with Marvel questions. Yeah. It's so awful. Like, you get to talk to Andrew Garfield about whatever, and you're just like, are you in the new Spider-Man? You're like, leave him alone. <laughs> also, just find out. Just find, like, I don't understand. You're, are you? Do you think you're gonna be the one to get him to break? Well, you know, it's for the it's for the algorithms. It's for the, <laughs> it has to feed. It has to feed. It's for the SEO. I hate it, man. It sucks. Yep. 
But that's also why I'm doing this instead of something else. Remember when you could be surprised? Yeah. Um, People don't want to be surprised anymore, but I mean, like, honestly, whatever. I mean, trauma. <laughs> sure. Well, speaking, speaking, I guess, of trauma, um, what I have been watching <laughs> is... Legend of Korra? No, I've, well, yes, obviously. <laughs> that has plenty of trauma, but... I was going to say, uh, Lauren and I have been watching two documentary series. One is a rewatch for me, um, first time for her, Wormwood, mm-hmm. which I really can't recommend enough if you haven't seen it. Um, it's The premise is essentially a man named Eric Olson. I can't take any more reality. <laughs> goes and uh, can't essentially come to terms with what the agreed upon story is of his father's death and as he digs into it it starts to sort of consume his life and he eventually comes face to face with the reality of of what his father's death actually meant which in reality was an orchestrated event by the united states federal government all great um so it's a really really great uh get in line dude (laughs) (laughs) and then uh i really enjoyed we've been watching really enjoyed i guess is not the right term i've been engrossed with and fascinated with i've been tickled by (laughs) no not tickled i've been i've been sort of i guess picking at a scab on a certain level um i've been watching turning point the netflix documentary about 9-11 and essentially how it leads up to afghanistan right before the withdrawal and it's been really fascinating um to get further and further into that journey and to go back and have 20 years of context and time to kind of look back at and and reevaluate even you know at a personal level you know sort of my understanding of the history and the events and that time and that day and everything that came after and it's been really interesting and it's 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 where it all went wrong (laughs) and it's also been kind of um affiliated with with this kind of dive i've been going down lately of of history and wanting a better context for certain things and a better understanding of certain things you know going back to the discussion about frida I feel sometimes um, unmoored yeah. from a from a context that leads to my front door, if that makes sense. You know what sure. I mean? Like I, I feel like I don't quite understand at every given moment because no one has ever really laid out for me in in really grand detail in any class that I've ever taken. Yeah. You know, while we were dealing with prohibition, you're not meant to know. You know, Mexico was dealing with this, while Japan was dealing with this, yeah, and yeah. so I feel unmoored from, I guess, a greater world history, but also even a national history, that really for me has all of the answers that I'm looking for. And so lately, I've been very much interested in kind of going back and sure, nothing retains re-examining certain things and trying to recontextualize history from a certain perspective of of i guess now because i feel very particularly about now and i really i guess want to under re-examine my opinion on history 
Yeah. And how it got to how I feel about here. <laughs> Let me tell you, dude. <laughs> and that feels like a rabbit hole of Let misery. Let me tell you, things suck quite often. <laughs> if you look through history. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's not... Shit is unnecessarily shitty. So, it's it's been an interesting, I guess, little journey. And, and part of that has been, like, Wormwood and... Yeah and turning point because interestingly enough there is at least a little bit of crossover that gives a whole nother context for history for me which is dick cheney you know which was a part of the bush administration at, at 9-11 and all of that was also a part of the uh very briefly uh the administration that managed part of the story of wormwood and part of the cover-up of wormwood <laughs> And so and the two inter overlap. Yeah, and so yeah. suddenly you have this, and then it suddenly paints a different picture of, of course, who you then see in, in you know, even though it's a fictional depiction, Vice. Mm. Yeah. You know, because it is suddenly this this further recontextualizing, because now you have hard evidence across, you know, sort of two perspectives that give you an insight into who the man was. Yeah. So anyhow, um, that's what I've been watching though. Uh, and then actually, I think we're gonna watch it probably tomorrow, maybe or sometime this weekend. And again, I've seen it before. It'll be Lauren's first watch. We're gonna watch um, the John Leguizamo special, Latin history for morons on <laughs> Netflix. Which, if you haven't seen it, it's great. You should see his um, movie that he directed. Hell yeah! It's called uh, Critical Thinking. Okay. It's a chess movie. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Pretty I good have to watch. Yeah. I love John Leguizamo. He's one of my. I, yeah. I. That's that's an actor that I want more of on my screen. For sure. For sure. Yeah. He's um, criminally underutilized. He's both in it and he directed it. Hell yeah. It came out like last year, two years ago. Last, okay. last year, I think. Well, Nick, do you have any final thoughts for the for the listeners? Oh jeez, I don't know. I'll plug myself. Yeah, go for it. Plug yourself. Uh, if you guys go to Discussing Film, I uh, have an interview with um, James DeMonico coming up. Oh. He's the guy that uh, made the Purge movies, he made the Purge franchise. Oh. Um, and he has a new movie coming out called This Is The Night. And I talked to him about it. Talked a little bit about The Purge. Mostly talked about this new movie. Hmm. Um, yeah. And as always, stay safe. It's crazy out there. No, it's fair. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Hooray. Uh, it runs, for those of you who don't know, from mid-September to mid-October. And it's it's sort of because essentially this is a time where several countries um, gained or declared independence, um, and so like the the fifteenth itself is when I think like Nicaragua and and like two other countries um, declared independence, and then of course the sixteenth is or no uh, gained independence then of course the 16th is mexican independence day Take so it's note. sort of a it appears to be a good time <laughs> uh it's it's you know sort of this 
period that starts now because it, it coincides with a lot of historical events and it runs from now until mid-October. Um, and film is always a good way to to sort of examine our culture and our understanding of our culture and our, our understanding of ourselves. And it's also a great way to empathize with people. And so the more varied perspectives that you put on screen, you know, not that any of you people, I guess, necessarily need to know this. Maybe some of you do. The more varied perspectives that you put on screen, but also, aha, that you expose yourself to <laughs> intentionally that are outside of what you know. Yeah. The more empathetic you will become with the world around you mm-hmm. because you'll get to live for a moment with these people and with their experience and the idea folks yeah and uh if you can go out for the next month you know and expose yourself to more hispanic films and content and music and and art and culture and history and you know if you want as it goes into october tie it into horror go out and find you know hispanic horror films and and that kind of thing and 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 take it down that route plenty of those yeah you can literally look that up on shutter yeah and so shutter go out and and have a good time and and get a little bit more empathetic through film everybody yeah as always have a good time if you don't already follow us on instagram at the film buds podcast and at twitter at film buds check out our website i recently posted one of my old horror essays uh it's all on the final girl and the slasher film it's pretty cool and uh thanks for listening as always i'm paul bye